and sit down. Hello and welcome to the Early Banter. It's the podcast about rugby, the early morning edition. Uh, I will try to find a sound effect for the rooster crowing since we're all up relatively early, since we all have a very busy day ahead of us. Um, I, I do feel somewhat dirty after that Springbok performance. I don't know if we deserve to win. I don't know if this is how we we're meant to feel last week. Is it how we we're meant to feel last week, Alex? Uh, he's joining us from Cape Town. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you, Adam, from Gauteng. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I do basically think that this is this is like how I would have felt last week. Is it's very mixed feelings. Like it's a very bittersweet. I don't know. Like I, I just don't want to read too much into it. Like I know in the years to come we'll look back and say we beat France that year, but I, I feel like France beat us. To be honest. Indeed. Uh, ben, do you think I represent Olukateng, even though I'm in Joburg? I think that's I think a typical Cape Town attitude. Of throwing us under the bus. I, don't, I don't think you represent all of Hutting. I think you only represent North Hutting. I was giving support to this the other day, and I really think they should put Joburg and Pretoria in different provinces. I'm down like that. Like it's a bit. Pardon? I'm down to that, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to deal with all those pesky Joburgers. No, but then when the no, Lions no, play the Bulls. Goddamn Lions fans. <laughs> Full, yeah. full provincial rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, Ben, you're cut you right. off. Right. What were you saying? Ben from yeah, Mauritius. The, the, yeah, do I represent the whole of Mauritius? No, I don't. If, if that's your next question. <laughs> okay, that's it. I, I, I represent the, the underpaid expat community. Okay. <laughs> that is a very niche community in Mauritius. Yeah. Let's just be clear about this. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Of pretty much just me. <laughs> and, you're in, and Ben's in his uh, hammock again. I could hear birds tweeting and representing all of the Western Cape and the Eastern Cape if he's in the mood for it. Matt, how are you? I'm sorry that I've somehow overlapped your jurisdiction, Alex. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I, to be fair, like I really, yeah. I represent a very, very small no, portion Cape, of the Western Cape. Town, Cape, so Cape Town is its own country, bro. Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. That 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 Quaisan uh, King, he's we'll he's, get it. he's attempt failed. <laughs> uh, but how are you? How's life in in um, the Otaniqua Mountains? Uh, it's okay. They've stopped smoldering at least, which nice. is nice. Oh, that's a good start. It's a yeah. good start. Um, right today we just, we have a little bit of news, but we have a ton of rugby uh, to cover. Naturally, South Africa's game against France. England versus New Zealand, Australia versus Wales. Well done, Wales, by the way. Ben Ben prepared a 10-minute soliloquy on your uh, ending your 13-match or losing run against Australia. Uh, Fiji versus Scotland. We'll just have a quick look at it. Ireland versus Argentina. I had no idea the New Zealand Maori played Brazil. That came out uh, of nowhere. Yeah. Jeez, that. Yeah, that... I tried to find it. I tried to find it last night while it? I was trying to get to sleep, but it wasn't oh, really it was on And a big hit Libya versus Russia. We got, we got to do yeah, one. the fucking fucking game of the week, the, uh, of the, the, week. the class class of the <laughs> Also, yeah. USA versus Samoa. Did you mention that one? Oh no, and USA won. Messed up my Super yeah. Brew Grand Slam point, uh, thirty twenty nine. Oh, my Super Brew is fucked. I got like two right. I got all of them. Yeah. Right. Wait, Adam, 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 did you did you bet against Namibia? Uh, no, I actually missed that. I would have picked Namibia to win, but I, I missed that. So I, I like I was like, oh no, I need to do my picks, and then I was too late. Oh. I feel like you fucked up your own Grand Slam point. Yeah, you just didn't no, pick I was one hoping to get you, default. You can't just pick one. 
You can't pick one game, get it right, and just go, I just got a grand slam this weekend. I grand slam, I grand slam the dog. W weird title. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, look, uh, we're talking talking of smoldering. Um, let's just quickly get through. We, we, there's very little news. This is the problem of doing this early on a Sunday morning. But we'll just quickly start off with the feral tackle. We all had a, had a good laugh um, at Rassi taking the piss along with Andre Esterhazen. Everybody saw that viral video of Rassi telling Andre where to tackle. There was the press conference where uh, Rassi of the deadpan face, deadpan face, excuse me, said that we should all tackle. Uh, that way, uh, I must admit I enjoyed it, but I, I do not enjoy the endless memes that that came from it. You know, I, I blame yeah. Sharks fans for all those memes. I feel like <laughs> Durban was the hub for all those memes. Um, but Does it, Durban it, have like a pirated uh, Photoshop <laughs> license that they just pass around? Yeah, I, I, probably. You never know. You never know, hey. Um, Durban's too chilled, but that means there might be something else. Yeah, just quick final comments on that, guys. Yeah, Gardner got it wrong. World Rugby didn't say shit um, about what Rassi no, but did. But that's not fair either, because World Rugby did say something. I know about They the said yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a red card offence, so they're not going to cite him. That's and that mm. is something. But I think it was about uh, Rassi's video. They had no comment about it. Oh yeah, but he said no comment. Yeah. Yeah, but why would they? I mean, it's yeah, why would they have to comment on that video? No, I mean, it was good. It was good press. Because so. fuck, every time Eddie Jones or Hansen opens their mouths, World well, Rugby's gonna have to comment because they yeah. pretty much constantly say Jeez. something that's stupid well, as that every week. Speaking of Eddie, <laughs> well, I guess we get to Eddie Jones. Um, so yeah, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, we've done. We've dusted. Uh, we have done it. Now, just a quick, uh, more importantly, I think probably the biggest piece of news that came from Sport Twenty Four. I think Ben, you had a good laugh. Uh, about how, or was it you, Alex, that you were shocked at Sport24 actually reporting news? Oh, damn it, where is it? Uh, I think it was up here. Sounds like Ben. Ah, here we are. Rassi, here we are. <clears throat> it was Rassi closes the door on uh, more overseas stream box. That's in Sport24. Uh, Supersport also carry the news since they're owned by the same company. Supersport coach Rassi Rassi says this was earlier this week. He is unlikely to bring in more overseas based players between now and next year's Rugby World Cup. Uh, I mean, he, for the France game, he had Valido Roux, Fabio Clovens and Koch, Franco Mostar, Francois Lowe, and Chesson Colby. They were involved. Gio Aplon was also called up. But his quote says, I do have my eyes on a few guys in key positions if we have to bring someone in. A guy like Pat Lamby, a Bismarck, Duplessis. It's a shout out for you, Ashley, if you ever do listen. You know what you have in them. <laughs> but unless we have big injuries, I don't think we'll have more overseas guys involved than what we have currently in our team. We have generally had about 34 or 36 players in our squad, but we are obviously keeping an eye on the World Cup. A few guys will have to fall out, blah, blah, blah. So that means they've got likes of uh, Franz Stein, my boy. I'm always sad about him. Kubis Ranoch and Jan 17. They will not be involved. That sounds about right. Um, I, I think really Franz Stein's so far down that queue. Yeah, I, beyond maybe scrum half, and uh, I do feel a bit sorry for Pierre didn't get off the bench again, really. But beyond that, I don't really see any other areas that the box actually need overseas players. So it's, even then, I mean, I would say, I mean, I just like not it's not an area that we need help in, but just as a player, I think Marcel could see a, he's young enough to justify like further investment. Mm. Because I like we we all know how good he was when he first came on the scene, and it just seems like we've sort of forgotten about him, like out of sight, out of mind. Uh, and I would just say, like, considering the like the extent to which we we seem to be investing in young players at the moment, I think it's a disservice not to like maybe consider giving him another chance. I don't know. I feel like 
He's just too injury prone. I think he needs to. I feel yeah, like I was he, get, he needs to get through his season oh, first. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the I think he's injured already in Pro 14 this year. Yeah. Again. again. Yeah. yeah and if, uh, fair enough. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. It's just like a. It's a shame. I mean, maybe we need to get in his ear and tell him to go to Japan. They, um, they clearly have rehab facilities, proper ones. Yeah. Or Fiji. Go. You can pay a visit to Nahola's uncle. Become invincible. Yeah, with those, <laughs> with those uh, leaves. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I just, I think we pretty much have most of our squad. We've really said scrum off a bit of a weak position. Um, if Andre Pollard went down, we actually got Divali, we got Alton. Uh, even at fifteen, we're building some depth at centres. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. Do you guys believe Rossi? No, no. But Rossi just does what the fuck he wants. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, exactly. Like, someone goes uh, I, don't, I don't think he cares about that. Someone goes down with an injury and he calls up like an international player in a completely different position. He's like, ah, oh, one yeah. more lock. One more lock, guys. Have we got any locks playing overseas? We must. Um, no, we've got like Herber and Trobler. We've got, we got well, Mustard now, but um, uh, Quinn Rue, is he qualified for Ireland yet? Or is he still going to? Even if he isn't, we can still nail him. But yeah, Rossi seems obsessed with locks this season. Mm. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't know. This was Italy versus Georgia. I forgot about that game. Um, all right, well let's get let's get into. I think this, we'll get into the game. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, actually, let's. Uh, you guys watched Namibia versus what did we Russia. Think? Let's do Namibia versus uh, Russia. What happened? I missed there? the second half, unfortunately. I had to go pack up. Uh, yeah, I also missed the second half. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, I mean, Namibia, they've got a bad history against Russia in terms of scores. And Russia's, like, one of the better tier two or something um, nations. And they typically beat the smaller teams like Namibia and Uruguay or whatever. And, yeah, that was pretty much uh, pretty dominant by Russia, but I would say very physical. Neither team really had very much in the way of just like basic skills. Um, like they did a lot of sort of one-off running, and then actually at one point uh, I think I mentioned the Namibia tried a cross, which was pretty ballsy, and they had penalty advantage, so it didn't work, of course. But still, I thought it was a nice gesture. I'm, um, I'm so sick of that. Like teams have a penalty advantage in the 22, and hmm. instead of you know, actually, because you don't lose that advantage unless yeah. you fuck up. Well, yeah, exactly. you, you, don't, you never lose that yeah, advantage. You never use. Yeah, why, why do teams always cross? I think it's such. It's not a good percentage play because if it was a good percentage play, you would do it all the time when you didn't have advantage. Yeah. I I, I don't know. It, it pisses me off because why don't you just play as you were going to play anyway, and then it just you just have another shot at it if you if it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, I guess I see what you're saying, but I isn't. I feel I'm surprised. That, like, I always feel the opposite. Like when I see a team that has penalty advantage and then they don't roll the dice, but when they have the, that safe, I'm kind of like, well, what you know, what's the point of having penalty advantage if you if you're not gonna then try a like a high risk high reward play, which is what. Uh, no, okay, I, I think uh, if you have scrum yeah. if you have scrum advantage, you should try the high risk high reward play. But if that, you have if you have penalty yeah. advantage, there's no point. But it's risky with the scrum advantage. You do a crossfield kick. The ref might say, "Well, you've used up your advantage." 
because you've kicked ahead, which is what you probably would have done from a scrum anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's just, I don't know. I hear what you're saying, but, like, there's the reason we don't cr- cross-field kick in, in average play is because it's key. But the risk is there is no risk when you got advantage. So it, it's just a high-reward play, right? You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, but but I, I would say it's not really a high reward. I would say going going through the phases, you're more likely to score. I mean, I think that there are better things you can do, like than a, than a crossfield kick. So there's a middle ground. I don't think you should necessarily crossfield kick. I also don't think you should just like you know do your pop or one-off runners to the four, bash it up, and see if you get through. Because that just means that at some stage the ref's going to get bored and call it back for the advantage anyway. But you should do something in the middle. Like you, you should then. The flash is then say, okay, guys, this, this is the time to try out that, that move we, we came up with during the week that we all agreed was probably too risky to actually use, but fuck it, let's just go for it, you know? Like the Carlos Spencer shenanigans or whatever. Yeah, teams should almost have, like, advantage plays. Like, they should know, okay, if yeah. if the forwards are mauling and advantage is called, we are going to run this backline move. Yeah. Something oh, like that, yeah. Oh, well, let's 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 move on. Uh, that was quite a quite a detailed discussion, you know. Yeah, on... so that was very off topic. But anyway, <laughs> just before we move on from Namibia, I just want to um, give a shout out to Krasnovar production team because I thought yeah. they were fucking amazing. I was someone... really impressed. The 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 game streamed on YouTube, which like really for any match that doesn't have broadcast rights attached to it, and the commentators, I, I obviously didn't understand what they were saying, but you could hear that they were super well prepared. They had all the players' names pretty much pronounced perfectly, even from the Mabia. Um, I mean, obviously, they get their own guys' names right. But they were, they were saying stuff like you could hear them talking about players and their clubs and, like, saying, you know, so-and-so plays football and Cavaliers. And, like, that kind of stuff I thought was really impressive. At one point, they mentioned someone's, like, hometown in Namibia. And, again, I was like, fuck, you know, these guys did their research and it's not even like a big time game I was just really impressed like it's better production quality to be honest than we get out of super sport a lot of the time yeah and uh, oh, I'm sorry the English commentary the one the one Welsh commentator didn't even know how to pronounce Ella Ella Toa oh Jesus yeah. yeah I heard that that was fucking <laughs> pathetic he's got like, he's got 20 Australian caps and he plays for a mainstream team like fucking mm. listen to his name said twice and say it and how because does... Alalalatoa is not particularly difficult either. I saw I saw Matt no. Perry there. Because and of the it's obvious... <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, very protective. No, props. It's, yeah. it's a bit sort of intimidating. But once you hear it, you're like, okay, fine. That's that's quite easy to say. But also, like the, the cheek like of a the, the cheek of a Welshman of all people. To... I'm, not, I'm sorry, but Alalalatoa sounds like a fucking Welsh word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. The, like, I bet, I bet, I bet you if they cheesed it and said no, no, it's got two L's instead of one, the Welsh would be all over it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck it. Uh, cool. Um, just some of the other more minor results. Uh, the Namibia was obviously game of the weekend. Uh, we, we won't go into it, but the USA they, they beat Samoa, thirty twenty nine. So congratulations to uh, all of our American listeners if you are out there. That's quite a big win, especially after the Mario Blacks uh, shellacked you the week before. Um, so that's a goodie. And I had some other ones here. Oh, Italy, they beat Georgia 28-17, but Georgia are getting closer. And Romania, they beat Portugal 36-6. And apparently Chile played Belgium at some point. 
but uh, my app doesn't have that. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I think it's a two. Yeah. I don't know anywhere. <laughs> Um, so it was Brazil played the Maoris as well. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I actually don't yeah. have the score for that, but I know the I don't either. Uh, the Mario plays l- one by quite a lot. Alex, oh, I, found a link, I found a link to the stream. I don't know if it's working. I'll send it to you. I'll check it later and see if it's working. Uh, well, it's over now, huh? Yeah, but maybe they've got, maybe it's like a YouTube video or something. Hmm. Um, Alright, well, let's, let's move on to... I guess we could start can, can, I, can I just say that I'm pretty stoked all these all these minor teams, all these second-tier, third-tier teams are actually having a run-out against each other? Oh, yeah, like no, it's great. No, like, it's, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm very... Because I don't think their development lies in, you know, playing New Zealand three times a year, but definitely playing each other. They, they're going to improve. They're going to... Like, you know, if, like, the, you know, say, the French Division 2... Like, they should send some scouts over to games like that. Because I'm sure there's there's some good talent lurking in, lurking in like, um, the third like, tier. Yeah, I mean, Brazil Brazil have a... Their fly-half was New Zealand-born, for example. So, like, there are going to be guys um, who can, you know, jam at that level somehow. And, yeah, you just need, like, one or two guys. Even, like, the, the Major League rugby guys should be, should be scouting as well. Yeah. They're always on the lookout. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I agree with you about the fixtures. Like, I think it's really cool. I think it's also frustrating because these are the, the fixtures that we probably ought to have had last week instead of, you know, a replay of the England-South Africa tour and then two replays of um, Six Nations games. Jesus, yeah. So, like, I would have liked to have seen these games taking place a week ago. and then, Or even, like, you know, Getting Fiji involved, like why doesn't why didn't we schedule Fiji versus Italy last week instead of Ireland Italy, and Ireland against you know Samoa for example? Yeah, it is I one just of think these things. Like obviously yeah, America has has a big Irish community, but they also have a big sort of um, what are they called? Like from Hawaii and that um, Polynesian, yeah, Polynesian community. So I'm sure, I don't know exactly, like, I'm not here to presume for all I know, all, they're all at war or whatever, but I presume if you're Hawaiian, you would feel some attachment to Samoa and Fiji? Isn't that, yeah, I, yeah. I think so, because, I mean, isn't that what that whole punt at the Super Rugby, the Pacific Island Super Rugby team is just basically based in Hawaii yeah. to cut out, essentially because they'll that way they'll still be happy about it and it cuts out. The politics of either Fiji, Samoa, or Tonga having having the team as their team essentially. Then. Oh yeah, we yeah. did talk about this this thing where people were just trying to like peer pressure the Rock into like donating <laughs> like a hundred million dollars or. No, just putting his. I think they just wanted the Rock to attach his name to it, just because he one time. Pretty sure they wanted some money as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, just because he posted an Instagram photo with SBW once, they're like, oh, he's a fan. I think he is a fan. He has he has spoken about like I think he played rugby when he was very young or something. I don't know if that's true, but like I know his, his dad was obviously Samoan, so like he obviously has been exposed to it at, at some level. But like uh, yeah, I think it's a bit cheeky if everyone was just like, who's the most like who's the richest Polynesian adjacent person that we could think of, and someone was always like The Rock. They were like, oh, The Rock can pay for it. Why doesn't The Rock pay for it? And suddenly everyone on Twitter was like, The Rock is starting a rugby team, guys. <laughs> Fuck, uh, imagine being The Rock and waking up and seeing you trending because you're starting a fucking super rugby franchise. Yes, yeah. But, but the, the, the numbers they were throwing around were, like, ridiculous. It was, like, with, a, like, a casual investment of 30 million US dollars or whatever. It's like, <laughs> what, the, the Rock's just got that, like, 
like yeah, just, just sitting around. Like, you know, burning a hole in his pocket or whatever. Fuck. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He seems to do we... quite a few movies every year, so he's he's not for want of want of action. He was the highest paid actor, I think, two years ago. Was saying stupid. Yeah. Um, Alright, yeah. we need to uh, move on. Um, so we're going to quickly move on to Wales versus Australia. I just watched the highlights. Um, there weren't none, apart from Lee Halfpenny <laughs> missing a couple of kicks that he should have. If this was Wales' first win in 13 or 14 against uh, Australia, which uh, the fact their run extends that long was also very surprising. Um, for Australia, guys, it's crisis time again, hey? It's always crisis time for Australia. I'm actually... I'm thinking about feeling sorry for Australia. We, we do need Australia no. to, to win some games, surely. No, it's, it's good for rugby to have Australia strong. It's good for us as well because we play them a lot. So we want Australia good so we stay strong. Yes. I, I'm, I'm prepared to take that to make that sacrifice. Yes. For, in, in order for Australia to be miserable, I'm prepared I'm, to that's a, I think I'm on Alex's camp. I like I like when Australia sad and upset and complaining. No, no, but... but but I, I like, because they're already so down because of that whole sandpaper thing with cricket. Yeah. Oh, God, did you hear the Welsh commentary actually brought it up? Yo, fuck. And, and, and the Australian the, guy was like, this is a bit so of a low, low <laughs> Yeah, he was like, I think he, he said it's that's cheap. And I was like, yeah, cheap. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So sandpaper. Can I, can I just say something about the actual... <laughs> yes. I know, I know there's a rarity on this part these days. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the but, game. I'm not prepared yeah. for that. <laughs> um, but we, we talk about, like I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about how the Australian backline, how they've just packed it full of strike players. And then because of this, they're pretty cuck on defense. And then, you know, like whatever, Czech has chosen to make this the sacrifice, being like, okay, listen, we're giving ourselves so many weapons in the backline especially. And then we're gonna, you know, and then we're gonna take the take the the hit and say, okay, listen, we obviously lose a bit of grunt on defence. But with all of those fucking attacking weapons, what the yeah. fuck did they? How many times did Beal just catch the ball and literally just kick it down the middle of the field? Yeah. Like he was playing like he was playing like fucking like his lip was hanging like round his knees. He was just, he was just bummed about something. And he was just kicking it back to Wales. He was just like, no, fuck, I, I don't really want to deal with this. I don't want to win this game. And then Wales was so fucking useless, they couldn't even capitalize on this. Like, it was a fucking dog show. Yeah, yeah he was playing like Billy LaRue, actually. Yeah, and, and Halfpenny, who's actually meant to be one of the world's most accurate kickers, he also had a bit of a mare. I think he, he was one from two or uh, something of that nature. Uh, but, so I feel like the... the I mean, I looked at the stats. It seemed relatively close. I didn't really watch the game. I just watched the highlights. This seemed like a pretty crap game to watch, but probably the scoreline doesn't, no, doesn't do well. I switched, I switched to Ireland-Argentina the second it was finished with its own stuff. I should have, because that sounded like a much, much better game. But yeah, no, I, I want to echo Ben's thoughts here, because uh, it's a slightly different take on that. My view on it was was not really through like an attack-defense lens, although I think that's an excellent point. I was more thinking, like while I was watching the game, and you know Australia would get the ball every now and again, and you'd be like, oh shit, you know, here's Beal, he's got the ball now. Oh shit, you know, Sammy Karevi's got the ball. God, he's dangerous. Oh fuck, you know, Israel Falah's looking out wide. Oh, you know, David, David. You look at a, a, a team that's got a backline that includes guys like Wilgenia and Karevi and Beal and Flau. And they're still, like, in 80 minutes of rugby against, you know, Wales, you know, are good, but, like, they're not the All Blacks. 
and they st- all they can produce, produce in 80 minutes is two penalties. I feel like you have to start wondering what the fuck is wrong with their forward pack. If that's their back line and they can't get anything more than six points, like what's going on with their forwards? Because I think that they've got one of the, one of the the least kind of threatening tight fives in world rugby and and one of the least balanced loose, loose trios in world rugby. Yeah, but Australia have always never never necessarily had the best forward pack, and I don't really see an issue with their loose trio if they play the correct way, like the loose trio that goes to the breakdown. I think it's a lot more to do with the coach. Jake, uh, I have a feeling that he's at the wall, uh, the players as such. I don't know, that's, that seems to be my feeling. You know, they have, they have, they have, oh, I think he literally has punched a changing room wall, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if if Australia swapped tight fires with Georgia, Australia George. would probably... Would prob- <laughs> oh. oh, God. Ben, Ben, don't tempt me. Well, I mean, just remember last week we said if, if Jabba had been playing for the Springboks, they would have beaten England. So maybe there's something to this theory. Like maybe, maybe, maybe every single maybe, team in the world is is like between one and, and eight George, Georgians away from being the All Blacks. And but you know what? The thing is, I'm just gonna throw it back to Georgia. I mean, their tight five was their their key against Italy because their back row, so they lose forwards. I think the average age there was like 21. So their six, seven, eight was like I think 21, 22 or something. And yeah. Their backline as well was also like a youth league backline. So they just had these old hands like up front in the type five. And yeah. then they just were on babysitting duty, essentially. Yeah. No, no, but yeah, I, I, uh, Australia I, just I, fucking shit. Like it's really moving in a good direction. No. Uh, look, let's, let's move on. I guess we can move on to uh, David Island Argentina. Did you guys watch that? Oh, that was. I watched it. It was a good game. Oh, oh, just George, George North went off injured, which I think is oh. huge for him. Yeah, yeah, I think he was excellent last week actually uh, against Scotland. He's actually he's he's a Welshman and I like him and I think he is. But he's not a Welshman. He's not he's Welsh. Eng- he's English. Oh, that makes so much fucking sense. I was wondering why I felt a smaller fit. Thank God, like I was questioning. I was like looking at myself in the mirror, like come in, snap out of this. You can't like George North. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's only English, Ben. Like he's not Mauritian. Huh? Like you can't like him that much. Like he's still a bit of a yeah, he's, he's still English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, he's too play for Wales. Oh, sorry. Uh, his, 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 one of his parents is from there, but anyway, let's let's not dwell on this too much. Yeah, I think he made the right call, personally speaking. But he, the Welsh John Alomi, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, Matt, you said you watched the game. I know Sean O'Brien yeah. injured again, which is unfortunate. He seems a little bit. Cursed. Yeah, I think look, sounds like he's broken his arm now or something. Yeah. Like, that doesn't so, sound like it'll heal before the World Cup. Yeah, I hope. Shame, yeah. You oh, is it a, a broken off six, six weeks, though, isn't it? What? Depends. If it's a little. Depends on the kind of fracture. But yeah, they, it, I mean, it, fuck, it's, it's half past seven on Sunday morning, so I can't really say. Because some guys are speculating. Like, I mean, even the commentary was speculating. Uh, I don't think it's broken because he's still sitting on the side of the field. They would have taken him, <laughs> taken him straight. To, they would have taken him straight to hospital if it was broken. Surely, was <laughs> exactly the line. I was like, I love the investigative journalism going on in the commentary box right now. <laughs> you said, like why, did, why did they? That's what I don't get. Why didn't they send the sideline out just to go have a chat with the players on the bench? 
They're like, I love it. They're like, ah, oh, he's still sitting on the bench. This is a good sign. He's not that injured. That, and then that's later like, that on, sounds like that uh, that scene in in um, not Varsity Blues and not another teen movie where, where Billy Bob gets like his seventh concussion of the game or something, and the coach is like, damn it, God damn it, can he play? And they like strap <laughs> to the guy next to him so that he can take the field. The commentators uh, being like, well, oh, George North is still sitting. I don't see why he can't play rugby. <laughs> 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 no, they, I think they're just more speculating that they want to see how quick his recovery time. They're like, it's you won't be out right. for too long. Yeah, no, it's not going to be out for too long. Before the start of next year, I reckon. Yeah, hopefully. Whenever yeah. six nights. And then I saw someone saying after the game or whatever that it sounds like he's broken it and that's why. But anyway, it was a good game. I liked it. And it's a, I'm going to say this. My scrum of the week was nice. the, holis- the holistic Irish scrum because they... In my mind, I still I still think Argentina has that mythical scrum dominance that they should have. <laughs> I always see that. In my know. mind, I've still got that like mythical image of the the dominant Argentinian scrum, which I think we haven't seen for like what two years. Three is years? it, is it mm-hmm. like where the Argentinians, if they have a powerful scrum, they have to sacrifice backline ability? You know, like dark magic. Like uh, one takes the one gives away. You know, they can't Kill. have it all. They, they can't seem to have it all. Uh, because their backline uh, play is pretty hot. Uh, yo, I can see, yeah. I can see what you mean. I'm busy watching that Irish scrum now. Their um, two, their two tries, or essentially scrum half poaching tries off an Irish, yeah. Irish scrum on the five meter, and to me, to score, to basically score for retreating Argentinian scrum twice, is a big thing. So I, I, I think, but in my mind, I still, I still imagine, I still think back fondly of the, the mystical, powerful Argentinian scrum, did, which I know I haven't seen in a long time. Did Tad Furlong play? Sorry. Yeah, he played, no. I think, yeah, he, 65 he minutes or something. Yeah, he's one of the most. wasn't worlds. amazing, though, to be honest. Eh? Yeah, he didn't have that many carries. He didn't have any carries, I think. Yeah, which but, is, but he did his yeah, strength. In the scrums, in the scrums, he made people alive. So yeah, that's his job. Yeah. So did you yeah, cry? Right. Did you shed a tear of joy when you saw <laughs> one scrum eating the other scrum? Not particularly because you know I'm fond of Argentina, so uh, it's like uh, it's like watching your it's like watching your own child getting beaten savagely. You're like ah, this but is you, funny. But, but, but what deep down inside you're admiring the person putting out the beating. Yeah, look, you, look, you you got to appreciate you got to appreciate the spectacle that you're watching, but you're like ah, my allegiances. Uh, <laughs> that's fair, but yeah. But also, but, like I mean, it, it, you must get pretty mixed feelings, Matt, because when you, when in theory when you're seeing one team dominate at a scrum, you're also seeing another team get dominated. So, exactly. like it's yeah, like you have to be quite optimistic about it and choose to ignore the fact that that there's there's two front rows who are being embarrassed yeah. in front of the entire nations. Yeah, especially and if that one front row is fucking creepy. Jesus. Oh, poor Augustine. Thoroka doesn't scrum much, in all fairness. I think I think in the Argentinian one, Creevy does. I think that's all he does. It's just power. He's the powerhouse in that scrum. Well, that's what they said, though. The new scrum laws... Because what Argentina used to do is they just used to shove over the ball. They didn't really hook. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, when the scrum laws change, you can't really do that anymore. And just mm-hmm. everyone has to have a crack at hooking. So it's a bit... Yeah. So I, but, uh, yeah, did, did you guys hear about Ledesma's post-match conference? No, what happened? Apparently, I didn't, I didn't hear much of it. It was just one tweet, I think, from, uh, from Paul Tate. But he said, um, apparently, he, said he walked into the press conference and said to the journalists, listen, we don't have a translator here, so if there are any difficult questions, I'm going to leave. We? <laughs> <laughs> oui. Well, it was like... Everyone was like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I guess, what I don't know, I guess Creevy was probably still in the ice bath or something. 
Oh, my favorite was there's a you can see Creepy still Creepy still thinks he's captain. There are a couple of times where the ref spoke to Matera and Creepy comes over just to like quickly do a quick translation and then walk away. Well, there was like, a good moment yeah. in the whale in the Wales match where the where the ref went over to um to Alan Wynne Jones who's captaining and told him I think it was Tipperick uh, Tipperick who was oh, yeah. like in the in the refs yeah and he, and he said listen you can talk to me but number seven can't talk to me he's not captain. So, and then Alan Wood Jones was like, "Yeah, no, I hear you, but he's he's my club captain, so I kind of have to let him do what he wants." A <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, couple, couple of burning questions: Is a Bassendale guy one of the world's best fourteens? I know his teens yes. had some up and downs, but he's had a fantastic Ooh, season. Next, next question. Well, yes, yeah, no, he, he was heat. Okay, he was yeah. As do, well. do, do you know? Do you know, was heat as well as Boffelli? Mm. Yeah, uh, he's been good. But uh, can we talk about the injustice of of Dalgi not being nominated for? Uh, breakthrough, breakthrough player of the year. Yeah. Did we do that really? Did we do that last. No, week? we haven't. No, we didn't. We did. I don't think we spoke about great... the breakthrough players. Actually, what is the? Oh, we didn't actually talk about that. That was actually news, which we just forgot. Yeah, we well, spoke about the, the. So glad we're a credible the... podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we now we now a nationally ranked podcast, guys. Yeah, on one plat- on a platform. Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> remember that, which one. None of us have heard of. I didn't even remember which one. Um, okay, well. Well, oh, well. No, can, can I just can I finish up Adam time is good so you don't have to yell at me um, <laughs> oh, I see the time I'm doing it now okay I <laughs> time doesn't get good anymore yeah. it's true I, I don't think Ireland showed Argentina enough respect and I think oh, they yeah, caught that nose in the first half because of it yeah definitely they, they started off they had a very kickable penalty That's they went for the they went for the, the touchline. Then they had another one a bit later, even when Argentina was up as well, and they went for the touchline. They, I don't think they did their homework properly because they kicked a lot onto Boffelli, which is like it's, it's equivalent to kicking onto Falau. Like he was, <laughs> He's good under the high ball. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I really don't think they – I think they took the game too lightly. And to be honest, like if some other, you know, a bit of luck Argentina's way, and Ireland could have got properly embarrassed there. Because, yeah. yeah, I think Argentina even uncharacteristically stole a couple of line-out balls as well. Yeah. Oof. Okay, so I've just seen the the second Arden try. That was, I mean, that was mainly to do with McGrath. He did all the hard work there. It was his scrum actually got smashed by um, Argentina. Oof, lovely little step there. Very nice. Um, quick question. How old is Johnny Sexton? Uh, that, well, that popped up the other day. I was a bit shocked. He's like 32. 30, 32, 33. Yeah. No, is he? Th- is he the Fuck, he, had a, he was pissed off throughout that game. Fuck, it was funny to see his face. Why? He just wasn't having a good... Like, every time the camera panned on him, he just had, like, the ugliest scowl on. Like, someone had just sworn his uh, mom constantly. Like his forwards were, like, coughing up ball and that sort of thing. Um, my other question I was going to be asking about here is the smoothest international 10 kicking style. And I was going to say... Sanchez. Yeah, I was going to say Sanchez. Like, it's a Porsche. The way he kicks. He, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He, he like, sweet talks the ball before kicking it. Pollard, like, Pollard, I mean, Pollard, is, Pollard looked good. We'll get on to that. But, um, okay, well, Sanchez answers that question. All right, let's quickly go to uh, last feed gate, offline, offside gate, whatever the English are moaning about um, in regards to their match against New Zealand, where New Zealand came out 16-15 victors after England led 15-0. Uh, guys, I think, interestingly, Sonny Bull, he went off early. He got a great, uh, sorry, I just actually spotted some news here. He's got a great one AC shoulder injury. 
he may, oh, Jesus. May, may be unavailable that's... for a week, maybe two. That's what Hansen said. Okay, so let's assume he's uh, out after the tour. It was, and he went off at 30 minutes. Is this the end of Sonny Bill Williams? I mean, I've kind of been no. murmuring that I feel like he isn't anywhere near as effective as he used to be. And New Zealand, I think, would profit more by having Crotty at 12, for example. Well, they certainly did yesterday. Crotty was phenomenal. Yeah. But I I mean, I've been saying that anyway. I think Crotty's a better player at the moment than Sonny Bill. I don't think Sonny Bill's anywhere near the player he used to be. Problem is, I think New Zealand, or yeah, New Zealand rugby, or whatever they call themselves, has spent too much money on Mm. Sonny Bill. It's a severe problem. It's exactly, no, well, it's also what how we were stuck with Delendi most of last uh, year when he was out of form. We'd, but I mean, that's a classic sunk costs fallacy, right? Like, that doesn't mean that they would be better off going to the World Cup with him. No, I hope not, but yeah. But I think they're, they're trying to get this, trying to squeeze what they've got out, out of him, I think. Feels like. Maybe, I don't know. I, I think it's a waste. I, if I was if I was them, I mean, we, could, we could talk very briefly about selections before Ben um, loses his mind with us. But if I was them, I'd go with, with um, Crotty at 12. And uh, let's let's say for the sake of argument, because I don't want to trigger Adam, uh, Jack Goodhue at 13. And then... <laughs> uh, the playing... defensive mastermind, Jack Goodhue. Yeah, I'd be, no, I'd no, be no, playing... No, no. Yeah, sorry, Con- Conrad Smith reborn at, at 13. No, 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 he's an attacking fulcrum. He's Ma Nonu in the 13 jersey on attack. <laughs> but, but 13... 13... Oh, Jesus, how many players is Jack Goodhue similar to? Because so far we've got Damien Daly and the Conrad <laughs> Smith and yeah. now Ma Nonu. Yeah, like when he, when he hits that <laughs> game... Like, Jack <laughs> Goodhue's going to get like a fucking uh, Khaleesi sort of... Just a string of names before <laughs> yeah, his name by the end of the season. No, 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 he's still DDA too, but he hits the gate line. As you've noticed on, on the face group, group, as soon as someone says anything about good here, I'm there, I'm, like, I'm liking it, I'm hearting it immediately. Yeah, you got on those sets But yeah, so, so my, my back line for the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand would be uh, Richie Moanga 10, yeah. um, Ryan Crotty 12, Jack Goodhue 13, uh, Ben Smith 14, and Bowden Barrett 15, obviously Rico 11. And then on the bench, I would have um, Waisaki Noholo at 23, and I'd have... Damien. Uh, no. I had this on the back of my mind last night. <laughs> How do you get all three into the same team? It's <laughs> ridiculous. The Mafi? No, I, I, wouldn't have Damien, I wouldn't have Damien McKenzie. That's the point. I, I, I'd want him on the bench. Because I think, I, I think... No, I wouldn't have him on the bench, because if you've got Richie Moanga starting and no. Bowden Barrett 15 then they can cover each other at fly-off. You have Ben Smith at 14, then he can cover fullback. Mm. I think it's I think it's incredibly greedy to have Damien McKenzie, Bowden Barrett, Ben Smith, and Moanga in the same lineup. I think it's a mistake. Yeah, uh, and you do need the uh, you do need the centre. Uh, unfortunately, none of them can actually shift into 12. Um, unfortunately, so you do need a specialist centre. That's so funny. I, I might have had I might have had Anton Leonard Brown and Naholo. No, I'd rather have La Mappy over Leonard Brown. But um, I know you're an ALB fanboy. But uh, more no, importantly, no, but, yes, but it, it's the thing is, Lamapi's the guy you want on to just put a team to the sword in the last twenty. Leonard Brown is the kind of guy you want to put on to secure a win in the last twenty. In a World yeah. Cup, it doesn't matter how many points you win by; you just have to win. Yeah, so yeah. Lamapi is not a. So I would I, have ALB would, ahead of uh, Lamapi in a World Cup yeah. situation. No, I wouldn't either. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a World Cup type of player, to be honest. Ooh. Ooh. 
Adam, Adam, are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, let's just see if LB even gets in, gets onto the bench. Okay, he's going to be that way about it. But t- talking talking about the game itself. Are, are, you, so, are you weirdly supporting Hanson in a way? Uh, no, no, no. This, this, no. I'm, I'm feeling a very strong pro Hanson. No, stance being taken. No, I'm just. I'm, I'm, com- I'm coming out in hives over here. This is, no, this is outrageous. Uh, going back to the game to talk about a player that we all can agree with. Uh, is one of the world's best, uh, Brady Retallick. He was immense uh, against England. 14 carries, he made 22 meters, he made 9 of 10 tackles, one offload, one clean break, two defenders beaten, uh, one pass, stole three lineouts, he'd make one handling error. But he was fantastic. Do you think New Zealand he were... more than three lineouts oh, So I didn't have an opportunity yeah. to watch, watch the game. I'm just looking at like the stats. Um, he made a Toje look like a child. Itoji is a child. Itoji is a child. He's a pitch. No, I know, but, but he doesn't always look like one. And this weekend, he looked like one as well. But so, but but he was supposed to be told to be all physical. Did that not yeah. work? Yeah. Shame. Um, <laughs> so, I guess, like, speaking of the game, England did lead for the most part of it, and then New Zealand pulled another rabbit out of the hat. Uh, I wanted to say something about Aaron Smith constantly talking to the referee. I just wish he would shut up and play, pointing at the referee. God, Get some of my balls, but do you think England do deserve some credit here? They really they appear to put the All Blacks under pressure. They played a real test match rugby, both sides kicking a drop goal. Can't remember when that happened the last time. And Bowden Barrett kicking his first in his 70 plus test match career. Fuck, I saw somewhere, I saw somewhere, someone said that's that's also his second drop goal since under 16s or something. <laughs> well, the stats are that's a, that's, that's that's next level um, research. Yeah, I want to find it. I'll, I'll try and verify that again. No, no, but yeah, someone posted somewhere that that's like his second drop goal since like under sixteen. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> only like the third time he's even practiced one or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just did it to show he could. Like, yeah, I do, so. I, I do have this quiver in my this uh, arrow in my quiver. Yeah, uh, do you, do you think he phoned he phoned Haydar over the over the over the week during training and asked him, "Tell me, how do you do a drop goal?" And Haydar was just like, "Ah, oh, I don't know, mate. I just did it." Do you have any Do you have any YouTube videos to send me? <laughs> um, yeah, I think who, got, who scored England's first try? That would be oh, Ashton. Hey, I see who's back. Um, good solid English try. And was a foul penalty than Dylan Hartley for I must admit a more so powerful more. And then McKenzie sliced through the back line, and then it was Barrett, 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 and Barrett. So, very interestingly, uh, New Zealand won, but were outscored in tries. How, how are you going to do about that? I guess the main talking point from the game was a charge down by Courtney Laws that was Sam Anihill grabbing the ball and running it in. He's, he's tank, eh? Like, he's just like... Under, I think he's a good player. He's a very I honest player. I feel bad because Underhill clearly was told to mark Damien McKenzie. <laughs> Fuck, there was some big hits on Damien McKenzie by Underhill. Either that or McKenzie swore Underhill's mom somewhere. But yeah, no, it was... Yeah, it was Underhill was just like a block with two arms attached. But uh, Jerome Garcia, the referee, so funny how the refereeing world turns. He ruled it was offside. And I, I mean, I've brought up the highlights here. They've like frozen it. I have a question to ask you rugby experts. Was that what we... This is an expert podcast. When... Yes, it is. When... Is the first of all, what is the definition of last feet, and then when can the halfback be played? Is it the moment he touches the ball or picks up the ball? No. So, so. I, so, so we can answer one of those questions very easily. Yes. Which is the second one, it's not when he touches the ball; the ball has to come out of the rack. And what's the so definition see, of that? Well, what time so when he picks up, picks when he it picks up. it up. Like okay, once okay. you pick the ball up, then it's clearly out of the rack. If the ball kind of rolls backwards behind, also the last man's feet. 
even if he hasn't touched it, then the ref can say the ball's out. Okay, I could see. Yeah, so, uh, see. so that yeah, but one's... Then you, you can't play the halfback because what a lot of people do there is they just run around and tackle the scrum off, even though he doesn't have the ball because they just get yeah. overexcited. Yeah, but so so clearly at the point that you probably got it frozen, which is the same screenshot that everyone's been circulating. Clearly, the ball's not out of the ruck yet. I think that that much is clear. Yeah. There is debate over where the offside line is, and that's that. I, um, unfortunately, I don't think we, or at least I'm, I'm not enough of an expert to really answer that. There's a lot of talk about one of the, because obviously a lot of the talk is now whether England's con- actually contesting the ruck or not. But that doesn't matter because their tackler creates the ruck. You need one person from each team for it to be a ruck, and the tackler. Yeah, he's lying. Different. Yeah, but he's lying on his back at the bottom of the ruck, so. Does there's can't there's a ruck. Because like, that that that's a just a genuine argument. I don't like. There, there are a lot of there's like three major arguments that are circling around this. That's probably the most annoying one because people are trying to like retro, like ret, like retcon the whole situation and be like there was no ruck. No one in England in the England team thought there wasn't a ruck. Not even yeah, because Laws. especially no, but I was going to say because there, there is a, a shot. Um, one of the guys standing pillars, even though there's yeah. no, they would say that like, there is a guy standing pillars with his hand on a on an all black player, so he technically is engaged. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I I guess you can argue well, it doesn't matter what the England players think. Like if there is no ruck, there is no ruck. They're also wrong. I just think that that's such a big stretch, and it's it's also like I said, it's not true. All you need is one ruck, is one tackler. For it to be a ruck, you, you make a tackle, and then the the, the ball carrying team uh, rucks you over, like or clears you off the ball carrier who's been tackled. You now have a ruck. You don't need a second defender in the ruck to make it a ruck. Does no, that make sense? There was yeah. There was an English there was an English player on the floor, so straight away it's a ruck, basically. It's a ruck. Like yeah. that, that's a non-starter. That argument's a non-starter. What is arguable is that the the New Zealand players rucked through the ruck and therefore exited the ruck on the other side and are no longer part of the original ruck. But Some you, people the also, ruck does move. The ruck does move, though. That's also what I don't understand. Like, a ruck's not a ruck, static fixed point in time and space. Yeah, no, that, that, that's true, but it can Science. go so far as to no longer... Because the yeah. ruck is where the ball... It's, it's based around the ball, right? It's not based yeah. around the, the joining players. So, and again, if the ruck moves past the ball and then the ball is exposed, that ball is now out of the rack. Okay? Because then you no longer have players from each team over the ball, so the rack, that a ref would then say the ball's out. Anyone can come and get it. I think. But, in this case, Matt Todd, who was the vanguard of the rack, he stayed where he was while the advancing players moved past, moved past the last man's feet on England's side. Yeah. So Matt Todd keeps that rack alive. And then the, the question is... Where is the offside line? Where who's whose last feet? Who's the last man whose feet we taking into consideration? And that is a, a weird one, and I haven't really seen enough replays to actually be able to say conclusively. Well, um, uh, yeah. well, based on your argument, which uh, to me sounds quite plausible, that it is still a rack. Now I'm uh, at the moment frozen in time. Where Perinara is about to field, he's literally just about to pick up the ball. Laws is in front of his entire back line. Um, I don't know who's. He's in front of his two pillars as well, which yeah. I think is the oh, most I'm challenging sorry. part of that. Yeah, but there's, there's the, the head of the all black guy. That so that's the line, in a way. So. Hmm? Yes, Ben? The, like, like, Laws is like a meter and a half in front of everyone. Yeah. Surely, so that, 
Courtney yeah. Laws is known for his intelligence. It's not like he quickly interpreted the like laws and then stood and like, quickly, guys, all get into line. We like give it to me. Yeah, he, he, he was, had like a little Rain Man, Rain Man moment. <laughs> uh, so he was chancing his luck, like he got, he got yeah. honest. If just charged down and you know they ran a few meters and got tackled, it probably wouldn't have even been reviewed. It's just the it happened to be put under scrutiny because of the because of the try. Yeah, yeah. So 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 two things on that. So number one, every I think we're all looking at pretty much the same screenshot, right? Let's assume. For the sake of argument, that Courtney Laws is onside, he's like where he is is like that's at the, the offside line. He's, he's he's onside. Can we agree that the rest of the English defensive line are fucking morons? Yeah, because they're miles behind them. Yeah. Then they're miles behind. Them. Like, what are they doing standing there? Like, it's not like forget for a moment what, whether you think he's offside or not. I think that deductive reasoning suggests his own team think he's offside. Because otherwise, they would be standing where he's standing. Exactly. So that's yeah, the first the, point. The second point, I can guarantee you, as close to guarantee you, without being able to go into the future like Doctor Strange, 99.99% chance. If that's a, an all-black player who does that, number one, the ref doesn't review it, or the, and the TMO doesn't call it offside, and number two, the English bitch about it all week long as all-black cheating. Because if that was an all-black player... He would have gotten away with it, and then everyone would say that's clearly offside. The All Blacks get special treatment. That's what I think. Well, that's because the thing because you expect the All Blacks to score, you expect the All Blacks to win games. Yeah. As soon as England are kind of giving the All Blacks a bit of a a shake up, people are like, "Oh, something must be wrong." Like, so I think the scrutiny would increase. Yeah, but this is the thing that the, this is exactly the kind of thing the All Blacks do and get away with all the time: being a half a meter offside and then just bum rushing the the scrum half and everyone's like oh wow the All Blacks are so clinical and aware and you're like no they were playing from an offside position actually so I, I yeah I I reckon they should make the offside line like a meter past the last man's feet just to give a bit more a bit more clarity uh, but isn't that a bit vague because then like yeah I, I guess know. it's still yeah Oh, no. uh, yeah, Alright, well, let's, um, I guess maybe let's just uh, quickly... Oh, just, just, I had another point. Sorry, my, my phone cut for a while. Maybe you guys have talked about this. But, do you know what? John Mitchell deserves some sort of mm. acknowledgement as yes. a defensive coach. Because mm-hmm. England, yeah. like, like in, in, the, in the June tour, we just kind of scored tries when we wanted to against England. Mm. And since, since that, like, they conceded, what, 100-odd points? Oh. Well, I'm going to finish. <laughs> South Africa's improved. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, you're cutting out a little bit. Yeah, but, but uh, no, I think you make a very good point. But one thing I would like to throw in the mix is the wet weather. I know when the England are in tour here, they excelled in the wet weather. Again, they know how to play in wet weather. So I'm going to be very interested to see what happens in Japan uh, during the World Cup. Matt, as our resident Japanese expert, is that rainy season when the World Cup happens? I don't know when typhoon season is there. I forget. There's, but yeah, they've got like months. Typhoon season is like summer. It won't be then. Yeah. They get snow there though. So, I mean, we're playing like just after like a shit cold winter there. So. Okay. Oh, Japan's rainy season. Tsuyu or Baiju. Uh-oh. In most of Japan, the rainy season lasts from the beginning of June to mid-July. Okay. So, it's just after the rainy season. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of months. Okay. When I say just after, I mean 
several months, like three. Months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but England, England, an entire season after. That was that was close, guys. Yeah, England. I mean, it appears England clearly are an outstanding wet weather team because they could really play to to their strength. So I think it could be very interesting to watch. But look, congratulations to New Zealand. I shouldn't say results. this. I don't understand why New Zealand should it rain because I mean. That's been the story yeah. of the entire fucking Super Rugby is it's been pissing with rain during the entire Super Rugby season in New Zealand. Every time one of our teams went over to play in New Zealand, it was pissing with rain, and they made us foolish. Now maybe, all of a maybe sudden, it's different. It's different rain, maybe. No. Oh, I think, yeah, or that it's the lack of Blues players, because, I mean, they, they're the worst at the rain, so, yeah, I don't know. Okay, let's let's move on to uh, the match that we've all been waiting for: South Africa versus France. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I feel somewhat dirty. I've now managed to catch up on, on all the highlights. Uh, gentlemen, a score out of ten for the box. I think I'd give them a hard five point five at most out of ten. Mm. Yeah, that, that sounds about right, actually. Like yeah, they they just get a pass mark because there were actually some good aspects. Like for me, the biggest positive out of the whole game was Andre Pollard's goal kicking. Yes, he he was outstanding. Um, he was so bad earlier in the year in that game against Australia, and he, he yeah he nailed it. Like he it was thanks to it was by the grace of Andre that we were still in that game. The one true later. Late enough to, to finish. The uh, one true flower yeah. who I think before we started recording, you agreed would be pretty good at twelve. He would be. Oh. Well, I'm. Um, I, I, my opinion is not word to anything. Okay. No, no clearly. No, I, I, clearly. I think. I really <laughs> the backline, the backline looks the best with Andre at twelve and alternative. Yeah, because Alter plays a bit flatter. So then Pollard can still sit a little bit, bit further back in the pocket, and he's big enough to uh, and he actually passes the ball. Um, compared to to DDA, I mean, I think I don't know. I said I fell asleep for the second half. The wine, unfortunately, got to me. But uh, what the French did very well, uh, they stopped our forward forward runners from really getting over the game line compared to what England did last week or didn't do last week. Without that forward momentum, <coughs> DDA's effectiveness as a strike runner isn't that great. And the fact he doesn't pass so much takes Jesse Creel out of the game. I also felt again our handling was a bit piss poor. The French were very good on the ground as well. They stole a lot of ball, a lot of turnovers. Um, yeah, I Nigel a lot of weird calls on the ground though. Eh? Yeah, I feel like he's hitting his decline as a referee. Um, he used to be. Like, there was that one where, where they just sort of like dragged Mostert on the floor, mm. and then he was just like turnover. I'm not really sure why, but whatever. Yeah, France have a penalty. <laughs> I've got a I've got a big gripe with with one of Owens's calls. Um, it was the one it was that the penalty that owes oh, Fuffs. Um, yeah, the shoulder charge. Flying oh, tackle. That was, that was a penalty though. He he literally threw, no, but, threw himself at the. Oak. Sorry, I, I'm 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 getting confused now. There was oh. there was advantage for something. It might have been that, but like anyway. Yeah. Um, sorry, it was it was really late last night. I didn't get much sleep, but um. There was a advanced, There was um, an alleged infringement. Then the Springboks had the ball, and um, oh god, yes, um, that was. I think it was. I think it was the, the shoulder charge. It was. Yeah, it was, it was, a, yeah, it was just, the charge down. Yeah. Because, I want to check. Because I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. So it was. So, so like, uh, yeah, he kicked the ball away. Faf uh, tried to charge it down, took him in the face or whatever, 
And then the Springboks had the ball. The Springboks were going through the rucks, whatever. And you could see Owens puts his, his finger up to his ear and does the Agent Smith from Matrix move. And then listens a couple of seconds and then goes, okay, hang on, blows his whistle. Springboks have a rock at that point. Fraps about to clear the ball. Owens blows his whistle. There's been no knock-on. There's no other stoppage. There's no organic stoppage of play. He's got a call from the TMO saying he thinks he's seen something foul play in the backfield. Now Lopez is still lying on the ground crying. Lopez is still on the ground, right? But he's not... At first, I was like, okay, he stopped play because there's a player on the ground um, near near play. So he's stopping it for player safety. But when they zoomed out, Lopez is like 20 meters away. Now, there's, this, is, this is a big mistake, a referee mistake, because you don't stop play for suspected uh, infringements until there's another stoppage, a natural stoppage. Otherwise, you have, no, you have nothing to default. He looks at the FAF replay, concludes it's a penalty, so it's all fine in the end, because the ball goes to France anyway. But if he looked at it and said, actually, there's nothing wrong with that, then you're like, okay, cool, so we're not giving a penalty. What are we doing, Nigel? What's the... What do we do next? Whose ball is it? Is it, yeah, South it, would, ball? it would be a scrum to South Africa, but yeah, that's but bullshit. Why? Why? Uh, why should we have to resort to a scrum where we had go forward ball like with a breakdown? We don't necessarily prefer a scrum. You know, that's not his call to make. Yeah. No, no, but so, I, I think because he trapped himself there, it became more likely that he was going to give a penalty. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think he. I don't. I don't know if he thought about it this overtly. But he put himself in a position where he had there was only one call he could legally make, which was that there was it was France's ball for a penalty because anything else would have been like a legal absurdity. You're just yeah, arbitrarily determining. Minimum. You're just arbitrarily like cause then it's the equivalent of looking at a ruck from South Africa, and then blowing a whistle and say, uh, "Let's have a scrum to South Africa instead of a ruck." I've decided this. Yeah, he actually did that at one point as well. When like after like half a second, he was like, "No, ball's not coming out. Let's have a scrum." Yeah. And I was like, yes. Yes, he said, yeah, he said, I don't know what, yeah, he said, ball's not coming out, I don't know, I don't know whose, yes. I don't know whose fault it is. So I'm getting, so, I'm going to give it to White. It was White, yeah, it was but, a White, White took it in, I think it's because White took it in, or South yeah. Africa took it well, in. Yeah, so, so, so White had forward momentum, but it was still... It was such a weird call, yeah, it's like, I don't know why this is a fuck-up, um, scrum, White. Just, yeah. just, just going back to the Faf thing. It was a completely ballless call because with Faf there, if it was deemed he did that on purpose, then it's a yellow cop. Yeah. Yeah. If it it seems he didn't do it on purpose and it was just his momentum from the charge down, then it's nothing. There's no no permutation where that is just a penalty. Yeah. I mean, okay, so... Unless it's a cop out. It's like... Well, devil's anchor quickly. So there's a little ground if it's negligent, right? So Faf... Like put himself in a bad bad position with his dive, uh, with his his charge down, but oh, I but I don't I don't buy that though. So I'm, I'm I I do agree with you, but in theory, there could be like a middle ground. But in this case, he either did like a CJ Stunder where he wasn't in a realistic position to contest the, to charge down the ball, in which case all he's really doing is diving full on exactly. to fly half, which is a yellow card. Which is which is a yellow card, yeah. Yeah. Or he was in a realistic position to charge down the ball. He just happened to miss it. His, his timing was off uh, marginally. And, you know, he nevertheless fell onto the player while he was midair. He didn't change his line or anything, which I, I think is what happened. And it's ridiculous to say that when you're charging down the ball, you then can't come into contact with the fly-off afterwards because that's, that's where the ball is coming from. Like, the direction is always going to coincide with where the fly-off is. 
And I like I really just don't understand how we essentially outlawing charge downs. That's only Nigel Owens in his infinite wisdom. But yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. Did Lopez not then go off at that point for an HIA? I yeah, no, because he came back on later. Like I don't know. Is that when he came off? Yeah, I don't know if that's when he, but he came, he went off and came back on for not his reserve. So that's also the weird thing. When he came back on, it wasn't the guy who came on for Lopez that came off. It was the 15 that came off. Yeah. I, I think, I think you can do that. It's just like, uh, like they just kind of work the numbers on the substitution. Like, yeah. like you can, you can come, you can come back on after an HIA for a different player. But remember, France had a thing a few years ago with those like, those like fake blood packs in their mouth or whatever mm. when they're just basically abusing it to like the HIA system's very really open to abuse. Eh? No, that's why I'm hoping that he at least went off for an or at least they said he went off for an HIA because I didn't hear anyone say anything about it. Then all of a sudden Lopez, he himself was actually putting on his jersey, yes. sitting down. That, and then that's someone, the, yeah, that's the biggest indicator that it's bullshit. He was going, he was sitting down and then like. Whoever the the guys the guy the assistant coach or whatever the field said no 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 you're going on now so, yeah so I mean I, I don't want to like um, at the risk of exposing my ignorance about the actual protocols around both HIA and substitutions in general I feel like uh, once you've gone off with HIA you like okay cool you inform the referee or the the officials we're taking him off for an HIA so if he passes HIA we reserve the right to bring him back on that's fine After you then conduct the HIA. You know, you, you, you conduct the HIA and then presumably you, you have to, within, as soon as you've conducted the HIA, you need to inform the official, okay, the, the HIA has been concluded, here's the medical team there, here's their report, he's passed the HIA, we're bringing him back on. Or you have to say he's passed the HIA, but we're keeping him off. You have to make a decision and you have to stand by it. You don't get to keep it in your back pocket the way they did, where you're like, oh, we've done the HIA. He'll stay off unless we decide to bring him on again at a moment's notice. I think you have to make the decision right away. Otherwise, you you're hedging your bets about whether the yeah he's got to come back on. Yeah, and um, I think that they either didn't alert them as to like the outcome of the HIO and their decision, or they did and they were allowed to bring him back on anyway. In either case, I think that it's a breach of protocol. I suspect. Just to uh, just to uh, t- uh, look at the game from a different perspective. Here's just a quick stat attack. Uh, possession was 55-45. France are first. Time opposition half, or territory, 58 to 42%. Uh, meters carried, 330 to France, 230 to South Africa. Carries, 118 to 88. Defenders beat, 22 to 8. Clean breaks, 8 to 3. Passes, 109 to 120. That's interesting. Offloads, 8 to 4. Turnovers conceded. I'm sure there'll be some rage here. Oh, here's Neyman. I'm looking at you. 13 to 21. And we defended more. 87 versus 124 tackles. We missed 22 tackles. They missed, they missed 8. So proportionally... Did you uh, see the first half stats? They uh, didn't miss a single tackle. Uh, them. Yeah, them. We missed oh, like no, okay. 18. They missed none. Wow. Yeah. Which is, I think, I think incredible actually mm. for a team to That's, just hit every tackle. That seems a bit dubious, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kicking uh, mainly. What well, conversions? Andre was seven from seven. A perfect performance. They won more rucks. Uh, we, they did lose two more, but they had more. We won more walls. Um, they lost two of their, their line-outs, then penalties 10-9. to nine. So France were generally the better team. One guy, I thought he had a, a very good game, but he did butcher a try. Uh, Teddy Thomas, 
um, the number 14. Mm. He was very good. It was, that, it was in the first half in particular. He was away. All he needed to do was find uh, his support runner, wherever they may have been. Um, yeah. And then it would have been a Yeah, that team. was super good. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm not sure what he was up to there. Like, it was weird. He had a good game, though. He had a very good game. No, he's got he's got such good balance. Like, yes, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, like, he's a fantastic like, runner. Yeah. But, but like, very selfish. And he also butchered another opportunity when he put through that, like, half-grubber that ended up going in the dead ball line, which actually was that ball not grounded. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? It was in the first half. They they grabbed it twice yeah, in a row. Grounded. I'm surprised they didn't TMO that, actually. I thought they were going to TMO because, like, we were busy preparing our 22 dropout, and, and, and Owens even said, do I need to check this? And then, like, listened to someone in his ear and then was like, okay, cool, play on. We're playing on because oh yeah because that's what happened we took the 22 dropout but he blew his whistle and said no 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 and then yeah, and the, the guy caught it tackled, yeah. yeah of course he tackled someone seemingly in the air and the, the French crowd were all like oh peace 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 <laughs> and um we um, sorry peace actually means encore I don't know why I said that but then the Nigel Owens was like no that, that doesn't count because he was like listening to the guy in his ear saying there might be foul play and then you just said, oh, okay, play on. We'll take it again. And you're like, well, either we've, either we've taken the 22 dropout or we haven't. And, like, if, you, if you've if got something to check, then you need to check it. Like, I, I couldn't understand why he didn't check it. And I think that it was his try. I think they scored there. No, no, he, he like, hit it. I don't think he had... I think he it hit his hands then went... And I think it was a knock-on. Okay, maybe... Well, I mean, yeah, that's 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 from, also because then, then from, it's like a try, and then they gave like the reverse angle, and you could yeah. see quite clearly. Okay, maybe, but then like surely they also got screwed out of a. It should have been our scrum, no, because then it still went dead. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, sorry, I, I know it's a, that's a sidebar. It didn't really have too much impact on the game, I guess. But yeah, no, just but another you instance know, of you know, yeah. Was was fucking Shimmy going? Oh, terrible option. Shimmy, what do you fucking know? You were a hooker. What do you know about taking options in the back line? Like, oh, he's so good. Like he's. Oh, they should have done this. Fuck off, yeah. Shimmy. You have half a Springbok cap. You don't deserve to tell people what they can and cannot do. Yeah. No, sorry. I thought Shimmy was terrible this game. I thought he's been like last night was one of the worst. Uh, commentating performances we've had from like the South Africans all year and that's saying a lot <laughs> but for me the worst probably the worst thing he said the whole night which really pissed me off was there was a line out and then he was like yeah the French probably have one of the worst line outs in the Six Nations and he just kind of left it hanging at that probably. and I was like I was like Shimmy what the fuck is this like that's a that's like a Twitter comment French, the French probably have a, one of the worst line outs in the Six Nations First I of think of he just read that off Twitter. Yeah, but like, what, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? What are you saying? Like, are you telling, are you telling us the hookers had not had much success at line out throwing? Are you saying that their locks aren't great at jumping? Are you gonna like give us a statistic of how many times they didn't find their jumpers in the Six Nations? Like, what, what's their turnover rate at line outs, Shimmy? You're a commentator. You've been paid to prepare for this game. Like, what the fuck kind of half-assed punditry is that? They're probably one of the worst in the Six Nations at this specific thing. That's 
Speak- what are you talking about? Speaking uh, of half arsery, uh, I just want to quickly look at South Africa's back three. You had a, a pretty mixed night. Uh, I mean, of course, he uh, fumbled the ball that saw Bastoro score his try. Uh, Dianti, um, it was, he, when he failed to catch the ball in the first half, indirectly led to France's first try. Vili's forward pass appeared Dianti in the dying moments. Uh, overall, how, how, where is South Africa's back three in terms of the grand scheme of things and in terms of progression? How, like, how are we looking? Based on Bad. this performance. <laughs> Bad. Not based on this performance. It's a fu- but that's like the whole, like, mean, sorry, a, as a, a whole, player... Sorry, that's a fair... I, I, feel, I feel as a wing, you you can only, attacking at least, you can only make, you can only play off other people. Like, you know, you could have, you could put Rico Ioni on the, on the back end of like an under-14 C team. And if they if he's not getting the ball, he's not going to score. Yeah, but I mean, you, you do get guys who yeah, you get guys you get guys who kind of come in and work for the ball. But I don't think yeah. that's that's kind of the, the vibe we're going for at the moment. But and then do, defense... we, do we still feel like that's correct with the modern game where there's so much kicking? Because I think like a lot of like a lot of the time the wings are one of the first people to actually get a shot at making something happen. Like, we see how often Johnny May receives, for example, and then sets off and gets 10 meters out of nothing. Yo, yo, but Johnny May has shit teams like South Africa kick on to him. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Like that's South true. Africa. So you, yeah, you're relying on, on someone else to create an opportunity for you, whether it's your own teammates or the opposition. That's true. Because very, very seldom did the South African catcher have two meters of space in front of them, never mind the, like, 25 we give Johnny May. Yeah. Well, look, the only comfort I take, Vili, Vili's Vili, he's a bit mercurial, and I was, that, that it was a forward pass. I think Nkosi and, and Dianti, um, heaven forbid they don't get injured, but I haven't had the season to get Super Aby behind him, and I think, I know they didn't have their best game, but they're both still very young, or youngish in terms of international experience and quality, so there is room to grow, and frankly, I don't really know who's behind them. Cheslin Colby... <laughs> Do you think um, his fan club would have been happy with him spilling the ball over the trial, uh, doing all that hard work and coughing? So right I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna subtweet Antia because he was, he was very. Um, Fucking just, why is he so shit and so small? Yeah, and so small. <laughs> like, Ant, I know you're listening, and and you know I respect your opinion, but I, I think that was a little harsh because I thought, a, I thought Colby did extremely a, well to get in that position. I know you said, of course, he would have scored that there. Um, but I mean, you know, there's the jury's out as to whether, of course, he would have been in the position to score that. Like, I know he's obviously great and everything. I, I back him a lot. But I thought Colby did exactly what he was in the team to do in that situation. Like, I thought he did really, really well, despite his like not great uh, field position, to get it over the line. And like, it, that was a tough one. Like, it's. I don't think it's got anything to do with like his size or anything. The fact that he dropped it, it was just you know you fucked it up. But also, it was, it, was a, it was a very good covering tackle. Though, it was a good covering well. tackle. Uh, but true. isn't there an argument to be made? Someone did this on Twitter. Isn't there an argument to be made that he was there was a high tackle, and that that ought to have been a penalty try? Just go. I, the, I, I draw. I tolerate that level of nonsense. Uh, I don't know. I'd say it's a, a little bit. <laughs> I'm definitely not sour about it because I, I don't think that it was like a 
the try we didn't, against the, didn't deserve to win that game. We didn't deserve no. a penalty try there. No, no, I, I agree. But like, there, there is possibly an argument to be made. There. I don't know. Just go look at it after after the pod. Yeah, there's. Um, I'm. I, I saw. I mean, if you really want to be a dick referee, uh, you could give that. So I've just made a note here for the for the title. That all you lovely listeners out there, if you are listening, thank you for listening. You can hear us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Acast. I'm putting here opposite world. It seems like when we play well, we lose. When we should have lost, like in Wellington, we win. Out at Loftus, where we hammered the All Blacks and lost, we should have beaten England and lost, and we should have lost to France and won. And Are we find... the new France? Are we the Are we the new France? I don't know. I'm gonna find a meme. I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, find, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna find a meme that says. What are we? I, I, it's sounded like it sounded like you were googling that for a second, Adam. Are we the new Let's see what Wikipedia Adam, says. Adam Starstruck because it means he can publicly drink wine more often now. No, 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 no. I, I've been very good lately. I've been getting massive in gym, um, for me. <laughs> starting, starting. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what, Adam? Adam, stick with opposite. Stick with your opposite world theory. Fucking Adam, massive at gym. Adam, save it for your Instagram profile, please. Yeah, what? Yeah, you you were very unhappy uh, with with my Instagram profile. I just want to, um, in terms of the subs. Sorry, because I said. What's that? Uh, Workfield? No. Yeah, it's work. It's uh, Workfield underscore JHB. If if you got. I'm changing your. I'm changing your. I'm changing your. Schemes on this pod. Oh. What the fuck is this? Um, <laughs> out of interest, uh, that run that Colby made where he coughed it up was his only run of the game. Um, out of interest, he made one handling error. Yankees, he was on. So as I said, I fell asleep. He was on for 14 minutes. Uh, no, he was good. Huh? No, he is. So like, he was last, fun. For the last. I said, I, well, hang on. Let, let's let's give him credit and blame where it's due because he yeah. did. He missed his first touch finder on that penalty. Oh, fair enough. We, Ooh. I think we, well, we're pretty sure that he fucked it up, aren't we? Like, I think that's another, yet another controversial call by Nigel Owens, where he you seemingly don't... just, like, pulled Ah, the, the 80th minute controversy. Yeah. You, do, do you know what Nigel Owens does? He makes it about him. He does. Yeah. And he does like exactly what we always, we've always agreed referees are not supposed to do. You know what? At least, you know what he didn't do this week, which I'm, I think is a habit I'm glad he's dropped, is he didn't call everyone by their first name. Yeah. We also oh, have John Smith in the commentary booth doing the same thing. Uh, one guy who I've, I've, I've been getting more and more disappointed with every time he comes on the bridge is Archeus Neyman. He seems to start the international season very well. I mean, he made four from four, but his handling, uh, his handling against England uh, wasn't great. Here, he made a yeah. handling error and also a penalty. Uh, his these... penalty was oh. so fucking stupid. I'm sorry, I think I said it in the chat group. Arceus Neyman has to be one of the stupidest people in rugby. He's a, he's a stupid, stupid man. Maybe he like, gets very passionate. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, no. like that offside penalty, I've never seen a more blatant offside penalty where, like, your guy, you, you, can, you, you know you're standing with your back to the enemy try line, and your teammate is standing in front of you, and he knocks the ball on, and then you, like, specifically reach out and grab it. You're like, bro... I, I have um, I have for the British and Irish Lions in their last game against New Zealand, and it was called a scrum. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And the ref was the ref was like, no, he didn't deliberately catch it. Yeah. And and Kieran Reid was like, well, uh, hang on, yes, like, he did. yeah, he did. Like he, I think it was Kieran Reid. Like, um, they were like, yeah, but like he, you could see him like reach out his arm and catch it, and they were like, no, 
it was like a reflex action. And you're like, yeah, but that's oh, the the kind of what, that, that's what intentional means. Like, it doesn't have to be conscious. It just has to mean that, like, you, your body made an action to reach that end outcome. It wasn't like you had your back turned and the ball bounced into you. That's an accidental offside. That's a scrum. But if you actually reach out your arm and grab it, whether it's a, a conscious or subconscious movement, you've done something deliberately as a human being. Yeah. Um, final question, because we need to, we need to start wrapping up and looking towards next week and the other games. Warren Whiteley, how was he at eight for you? And we can maybe just talk a little bit about DDA. I, honestly, I feel like he's been asked to play a game that just doesn't suit him. He, I mean, he only made two runs for two meters, uh, one handing air. He made nine from ten tackles, but he's not the sort of guy that will get, get you a dominant tackle. He will wrap himself around the legs and make technically good tackles, but he seems to be playing a role that's more suited to the guy playing at seven. So I'm not quite sure what Rusty has in mind. As the link play, is fantastic. But maybe it's just the nature of the game where if the box don't have forward dominance, he can't really shine and use uh, the power of the other forwards around him. Uh, thoughts? Thoughts on this? And let's start, maybe start looking towards next week as well, even at the 12-13 channel. Uh, because again, if the box are not dominant up front, um, Didier isn't the sort of guy to slip a sneaky little pass to put Creel away. For a try. So, if, if you're looking at changes for next week and also Whiteley's performance, just a quick thought. And then we can maybe look properly into next week's game, I think. Are we Scotland next week? Sorry, I got Super in front of me. Oh, Scotland. Have we got Scotland? Oh, Scotland. Scotland. Oh, I thought it was Ireland. That's a bit of a banana peel. We didn't, actually, we didn't talk about Scotland Fiji, actually. Yeah, they, they pumped them 54, um, yeah. something like that. Yeah, but well, Fiji scored Fiji, some deep tries. Yeah, no, but did. Fiji was up until... Like, basically, the end of the first half. Then they got two yellows, because, you know, they fucking Fiji, and That's then this the real... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Not, it's also, it's like two overlap. It wasn't like two back to... It was two overlapping yellows, so they were down yeah, to 13. Was... Mm. Mm. Um, the answer to that burning question, guys, uh, Whiteley, what would you do? 12.30, maybe make changes, and just changes overall Sorry. for next week. Hello? Hello? I would... I would... <laughs> I would think about dropping Whiteley, but my... Flo actually had a good... He did two very good things. He started the sort of the mm. the winning the winning run, if you would call yeah, it that. Yeah, he like he he turned over 90 minutes away from the try line, and we ended up beating the French. Um, I, yeah. I've given Francois a lot of shit on this podcast and oh, on yeah. the and on the Facebook group, and I want to be the first person to say that we would not have won that game without Francois. Hands down, much like the the Warren Whiteley tackle on TJ Perinara <laughs> against like in Wellington. That was like a one-man, one-moment, one-outcome kind of thing. And, like, I don't... I still have my reservations about him being in the squad. But I must say, like, they've been mitigated to a huge extent now because everyone's been saying, like, oh, you know, he brings so much and, like, it's, it's worth keeping him and everything. And I, I didn't really believe it until now. And now I can kind of get on board with the whole thing because that was... Yeah, he was immense. I wouldn't start him next week if that's what you're asking. No. Uh, you're, you... you're, this is the thing. He He's the logical Whiteley replacement, though. Because then Dwayne... Uh, no, the logical Whiteley replacement is Dwayne. Dwayne moving to 8 and Peter Steph to Toy moving back to 7. Or, or Jean-Luc Dupre being start, in the squad. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, or or if he's if he's back. Do we know? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't even know. But don't I we have 5,000 locks on tour? <laughs> we can, we can yeah. shift. We're running out. We're bleeding locks, Adam. We're bleeding locks. Michael Rhodes is going to get called up at locks. <laughs> one interesting point I saw when they named the squad, it seems like most of the starters, they're all uh, 20, 30, 40 cap area now. Very sneakily, beyond our back three. Everywhere else um, around the side, 
we seem to have a fairly decent amount of experience. So, yeah. which, is, which oh, all goes man. well for the World Cup. But our very it's experienced not, back three. It's not really showing very much. Like, we're still making what I feel like a very rookie errors. Well, we got the win. Um, and Scotland yeah. is a very different challenge um, compared to the French in a weird way. Like, forward dominance, I think there's a better shot of this there. So, I mean, yeah. Dwayne at eight. Uh, did you notice how I got his name right? I, I, I was thinking Duan. I was thinking Duan in my brain, but uh, it's Dwayne. <laughs> if, if we had Jean-Luc Dupré on tour, which he should be, so I'm just taking Ant's role here, and he's very right <laughs> about that. But yeah, um, him at eight. Hopefully, Pierre Steph can move to seven. I feel like he's a bit more of an effective seven uh, than a five. Weirdly enough, he's kind of pr- made that transition. Sierra at six. Forwards are fine, mostly. I'm just thinking, who else is on tour at 12? <sighs> Maybe underestimated. So... Well, I I mean, I, I would do what we were talking about earlier, especially against Scotland. I would um, put 112 at Alton mm. starting. And there's a very real chance I that like we that end more. up... I like that more, yes. Well, I, I like it, but uh, more importantly, even if you don't like it, there's a very, very real chance that we end up having to do that at the World Cup next year. Maybe not as a starting uh, combination, but like how, how, how likely is it that we're going to, let's say, make... To a semi-final, and we end up having to go Elton 10, Pollard 12 for like the last five minutes of a knockout game at a World Cup. I think it's very likely. Yeah, yeah, no, so, no, it's a... and and if we accept that, then it stands to reason that we need to work on it. Like we need to practice it. So I think this is our last good opportunity to play against a team that we should hopefully beat anyway, not by much. And then, but it's big. It's a big enough game for them to be proper tested so uh, I would do that and then push Dallander out to 13 which I know won't happen but I think we should hmm. and I would drop Jesse Creel because really what the fuck is the point of Jesse Creel he does nothing yeah. well look um, I also... can't even grow a decent November snort yeah it's true yeah. I, I'd also want to start the video 15 um, this video is your number one but uh, I think it's a good opportunity to give Vidimso another go and and leave Faf on the bench I think we really need we're going to end up in the same Faf, situation Faf didn't even play it well. No, he wasn't like he's, not, he's not even playing that well. Faf is my... Faf to Rassi is the hammock to me. <laughs> like it, Which is when, constantly letting you down. <laughs> it's me down. I always go back to it. Like, he, no, Faf is... Faf is uh, Rassi, Sonny, Bo Williams, or... Yeah, you know. yeah I guess... Like, it's just, uh, yeah. I don't think that Faf should play next week. I don't think he should even be on the bench. Uh, I think... It's 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 really bad because he's like you can see he's not playing well. I'm sure Rassi can see he's not playing well, but it's like it's like he creates this chaotic f- galaxy that the the game begins to live within, and, and you, you you feel like he's he's tainted the whole nature of the game to the point that it can't exist without him anymore. Uh, again, because we he, we're he just needs, like so dependent on the chaos. Well, he he needs us to dominate. He's not a fly, He's not a, a good scrum half can live with a forward pack that's, that has parity or maybe is a little bit behind. But Faf, I really feel for him to be truly effective. I mean, you could say that for any for any, any fly half, but if his pack's going backwards... I'm not much, excuse me. If uh, his pack's going backwards, I don't know if he... I don't know. But we have, we have zero zero depth anyway, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But I agree. I don't. Well, speaking stop. of zero depth... We have depth. zero depth because of Faf as well, though. Yeah. Speaking of zero depth, that's exactly how many minutes... Mm. Oh, got today. Or yesterday. Like, do you think he's calling Rudy Page and, and just uh, getting his feedback about it? Uh, Rudy, he's, no, what he's doing is 
Papier's finding Rudy Page is like, bro, these benches are so uncomfortable. How did you manage to sit in them for so long? And Page is like giving him tips on. He's like, so no. what, what you're going to do is take your Springbok jersey because you're not going to need that. You bunch it up, you put it under How your to bunch. fold it so that you book yeah. it <laughs> uh, Just quick, quick aside uh, in the cricket, uh, South Africa are 296 for three after 48 overs. Fuff and Miller are putting the Australians to the sword, which is, which is nice. Uh, right, looking at next week's fixtures for our Super Brew, we're currently on... How did we end up in 38%? Did we is, not do... Is, so, is, there, is there maybe like a... Uh, like only one Faf can prosper per weekend rule or something? Yeah. Like maybe that's what we're doing. Maybe it's like a, a, high, a Highlander kind of situation where there can only be one. Uh, how, why is our win percentage so low? Jesus. Our win success is 38% in Super Brew. What would you... What did we get? Go, can, can, can we can we give ourselves a little pat on pat on the back for almost calling the Australia Wales draw? Fuck, yes, I would have yes. been so stoked. But I can, would... can we give ourselves an even bigger pat on the back for acknowledging as soon as Ned Hannigan came on that the draw was no longer possible? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he's the one who gave away the crucial penalty. Actually, uh, he he he's tied with Arkeus Neyman for stupidest man in rugby. Yeah, no, Ned, Ned's yeah. pretty meh, I won't lie. Alright, let's start off. We've got Romania versus the USA. This is in Bucharest. Uh, USA should win. Yeah, yeah I'll say USA by six. Uh, Uruguay versus Fiji. It's to be TBC. To be confirmed, yeah, I love the subway. <laughs> Fuck, that's <laughs> the best. Uh, what is it like a hipster, like a hipster gig or something? Like, oh, uh, you'll you'll find out when the time comes. Yeah, like a. Flash, but sure, surely, I mean, tickets have been sold in Uruguay for this. Surely, there there have been tickets sold in Uruguay. Like, it's not that difficult for Super Brew to find out. I don't know. But, um, uh, anyway, so who who are we gonna choose? Yeah. Uh, Fiji by by twenty. Fiji. Like yeah. they were looking good against um, what should we call it? Let's go. Scott. Okay. Uh, let's see. So, wait, so, where is it? Fiji by. Uh, by 20. Okay, thanks, Super Brew, for being useless. Right, uh, Italy versus Australia. I think you've got to give it to the Aussies. Depends if Hannigan's starting. Coleman was absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're still in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Um, no, no, I'm kidding. But it's not by much, I reckon. Yeah, I'll say like ten. Uh, Georgia Samoa. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Tough one. I think didn't Georgia beat Samoa earlier this year in Samoa? I don't remember. I was, was going to back Georgia. In the Pacific Cup. In the Pacific Cup, I think. Yeah, mm. Georgia no, beat. Samoa should be good. I mean. So oh, lost the USA. But I don't really know how good the USA are. Mm, they did, yeah. Well, they, they got thumped by the Maoris. So <laughs> I feel like we can... I know sport isn't transient, but it's like we can... try. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I, I'm just, my heart will go with Georgia. Yeah, I'll, let's go Georgia. I was going to say Georgia, yeah. Uh, just about eight. Because they've got a... They've found a Gorgatsa just to put an eighth man. Uh, Wales versus... We, we honestly... We, we are Georgia's biggest fans on this pod. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because Georgia. Wales this Tonga? Wales. Wales. Tonga by 45. <laughs> right. Moving on, Wales. Um, Actually, wait. No, no, no. What is his alternate kit? Who's alternate kit? What's Tonga's alternate kit? Because they, they play in red normally. Uh, white? Just white. It's always white. Like, but why did, did the Springboks play in white? And also, who the fuck? I was wondering. The shade of... 
It's the, maybe it's just because they, they, they actually also thought we were playing Ireland on this end of year tour, so they brought the jerseys and they were like, fuck it, let's just use them anyway. Because the blue and the green, I reckon, would have looked very similar on, like, maybe. the wide angle. Um, no, I don't know. Those, those, um, why were the off? What's that? Oh, the numbers came off in like five minutes, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. God, that was, that was poor. I don't know who got the tender for those jerseys, but they, they didn't do a good job. Hmm. Uh, more importantly, Spain versus Namibia. Oh, fuck. In oh, Spain, fuck I assume. Yeah. It's at, at the Madrid, Sta- yeah. It's at the Estadio Nacional Complutense in Madrid. So, pardon, pardon my dodgy accent. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick Namibia. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm backing Namibia against this one, on this one. Like, I know... Same. I'd kind of cheekily, cheekily back them against Russia, even though I knew they wouldn't win. But this week, I actually think they will win. Uh, England, Japan. I mean, England. Oh, you got to give. Yeah. Right. Uh, now it starts getting harder. Uh, Scotland versus South Africa. Um, for those of you listening, we play at twenty past seven. I think this is local time. We'll need to check. Uh, all, yeah, it should our, be local our time. Wild time. time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Scotland, South Africa. I really don't know. <laughs> Uh, we really, we really should be winning this game. Yeah, we should, we like, should yes. win. Should win. But um, I'm gonna give it to us by. I said five. Yeah, that's probably okay. Classic. No, I'm watch. feeling, I'm feeling powerful. Twelve. <laughs> All right. Uh, now Ireland. That, this is truly the game of the tour. Yeah, Ireland like, versus New Zealand. So it's yeah. Um, or at least the most important fixture of this whole this whole oh, international. Weekend. Well, we, we we don't think Ireland looked that good, but we also don't think that the All Blacks looked that good. Yeah, this is the thing. Both of them fire. I think both of them on purpose fire misfired to psych out the other team. Hands and mind games. Hands and mind games. Uh, I pick Ireland. Because New Zealand haven't been that great, personally speaking. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to probably like. Be the best game of the year at Hammond. Oh, they don't have Sean O'Brien, and like I know he's not, you know, the world's best player or anything. But like that's kind of thing that could make a marginal difference in a game like this. I, I, I think I think New Zealand are going to win. I, they, I mean, I know Tyrone points out that they've got this charity game that they give away every year, and they've already given it away to South Africa. But like they do have a history of only losing one game in a calendar year. Um, Islands, Islands now. I got, I think, got a ten winning streak at the Viva Stadium. If that counts for anything, no, okay. not really. Uh, let's. I know that you got to get going. Who do they play? They. Play. <laughs> I know. And England. Uh, Alex, you got to get going soon. Let's just take a quick vote yep. on on this. Uh, Ireland, I'm, I'm New Zealand. Gonna, I'm backing Ireland. I'll vote all. I'll vote all blacks. Um, ben. Yeah, I think all blacks. Okay, and Matt. Uh. Yeah, All Blacks. <gasps> I, I stand a chance of going to the island. That's awesome. You inadvertently given me a chance to go to I Told You So Island. You fools. You fools. <laughs> and then, I've uh, tricked you all into sending me that I Told You So Island. And then our final game, also a tough one, France versus Argentina. Uh, Argentina by like 100. Ooh, Lopez versus Sanchez. Hmm. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Argentina. Not by 100, but... This week is a really interesting week. Yeah, like Teddy Tomar against uh, Dele and Medard against Bofelli. Bastard, who is yeah, maybe against De La Fuente, I guess. This is, this is going to be a cool game. Yeah. I, I, I think Argentina will win. 
Yeah, yeah I, think, I think France will win. I okay. went Arj. I think France have a France have a better pack, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. So wait, the three of us are Argentina going to win, and then Ben saying France is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Ben. So, so Ben's going to the island, or has a chance of going to the island. Yeah. Nice. Again, we need to we need to wrap up. Um, so gents, thank thank you very much uh, for your time and knowledge, and also for getting up so early. This is the earliest pod we've ever done. If you are listening out there, we are going to extraordinary lengths to bring you this pod, um, and for us, because I know I needed a cup of coffee this morning um, after after last night. So if you have been listening. Thank you very much for doing so. We're gonna we will be back next week. Uh, as I said earlier, you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Acast. Uh, let's start with Matt. Matt, thank you for joining us. Ah, it's always a pleasure to be here. Lacquer. Uh, ben, as always, just uh, be nice to that hammock. Yeah, I'm out the hammock now. My signal was waning a bit. But then I found out it's because my wife was also on Skype, just killing my internet. <sighs> Classic. Does she not, oh, does she not understand? Joe. Come on, Joe. She, she she doesn't understand that we're a nationally ranked podcast. Like she doesn't understand the massive significance of this. People are listening to. <laughs> she's just thinking you're like on a Skype call every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. She just <laughs> she doesn't know how big we are. And uh, and last but and last but not least is Alex. Thanks thanks for joining us. Thanks Adam. Thanks for having me on. No, no worries. And uh, as as I stated, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week.